0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast. Making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Saturday, February the 10th, 2024. It is currently 545 p.m. 5.45 5:45 p.m. Central. You know what? Let me start that completely <laughs> over. What What happened is when uh, when the music was over, I was trying to press the button on the microphone, and for some reason, it wasn't it wasn't turning on. So I'm like trying to press the button, and then well, I messed everything up. Good. Did I say good evening? No, it's good afternoon. Good early evening. It is Saturday. I think I said Friday. February the 10th, 2024, it is 5.46 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central Studio located here in Abilene, Texas. 5.45 p.m. That sounded so weird in my brain. I'm like, 5.45? It sounded so weird in my brain. Like, I was like, "What? what is happening? But when you're live, there's nothing you can do except acknowledge the mistake and move forward. So, ladies and gentlemen, I acknowledge that our intro was not very good. But hey, here we are. So, I hope you're having a good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it may be, wherever you may be listening, however you may be listening. Thank you so very much. I greatly appreciate it. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get down to business. Let's have a serious, 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 serious conversation, okay? And I want to begin this way. Now, I don't know how long you've been a Christian, and I don't know as a Christian how much time you spent listening to Christian radio or Christian podcast or sermons, But if you've been a Christian for a long time and if you've listened to any of those things, you probably have heard a lot of different things mentioned and emphasized at different times, right? At different times, this is the issue, and then this is the issue, and then this is the issue, and people get all worked up, and people get all upset, and this is the latest controversy, this is the latest battle, and then you you, you may get caught up in it, maybe you didn't, maybe you didn't care, but that happens over and over and over. So, with that in mind, how frequently, as a Christian, Have you heard things like our country is on the precipice of disaster. It's on the edge and it's about to fall off the cliff and slide into the abyss. And if God doesn't bring judgment on America, he owes Sodom and Gomorrah an apology. This is it. The country is falling apart. We need, we have to save our country. It's the end. It's all, it's over. What are we going to do? This is the most important election that we have ever faced in the history of America. Our country, what happened to us? America, what happened to our country? We need to do something. We've got to save our country. Now, you maybe you didn't hear those exact words, but how many times did you hear something similar? How many times? I lived through the great satanic scare of the 1980s. And we were told that there were, you know, basically teams of Satanists roaming about kidnapping children and offering them as human sacrifice and and we were all five seconds away from being kidnapped and 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 then in some small Texas towns they put curfews on on a, a certain year for Halloween that no one could be out after dark because there were fear of teams of Satanists kidnapping your you know children and and don't eat trick-or-treat candy and and I remember that great scare and then I heard oh oh rock and roll and backward masking if you play the record record, backwards you'll hear the message that's actually your brain is hearing when it's being played forward and it's satanic messages and it's messages calling you to commit suicide and to and to smoke drugs and or to smoke weed and and to do drugs and and to do this and to do that and oh i remember that was the that was the thing and radio stations were trying to play records backwards and it was oh this is the end this is the end and then oh mtv oh this is the end of society This is the end of the youth. We're all, this is, this is the end of America. And I remember hearing over and over, it's just been over and over. I've heard that the end is near. The end is near. The end is near. Now, you may think, well, yes, there's been lots of, do do we, I mean, is it fair to call them false alarms? Because many of those things that people were yelling and screaming about, <laughs> and no one is yelling and screaming about anymore, everyone moved on. What what I, what I find hilarious, what I find funny, that this is just my own experience, and we're going to get into this, and hopefully this will be beneficial, but, but at least hear me out. What I find hilarious is there was certain music played in the 80s, and at that time it was considered... Edgy and controversial, and sinful, and ungodly, and dangerous. And now you'll hear some of those old songs from the 80s while walking through the grocery store and nobody's like, oh, that's Madonna, cover your ears, or that's Whitesnake. Oh, no, don't look at the girl on the hood of the car, whatever the case may be, right? Like now those songs will be played in the dentist's office, they'll be played in the grocery store and nobody, but at the time it was edgy and it was controversial and it was the end of the world. And well, then, I mean, the world didn't end and everything just went on and and then, well, here we are. So many times I feel like, because to be fair, to be fair, so much of the world of media and publication, they don't exist in many cases without fear, danger, destruction, the end, controversy. That's how you have to sell all oh, every bri- is oh this is the end this is the end and and you've got it because y- y- that's the way it works if you're going to get people to tune in if you're going to get clicks if you're going to get downloads if you're going to get streams you gotta you gotta you gotta traffic in the controversy you gotta traffic in these kinds of things so I think sometimes are we simply being manipulated. That the end is nigh, that the end is near so that people can get download streams, that they can get a bigger church, that they can get more people to buy their new book or buy their DVD series. I know that's a dated reference or whatever, buy their sermon series or whatever the case may be. I think in many cases, and, and I'm not saying that none of the people are sincere. I'm not saying that. But I think we can get caught up in this idea that everything is this is the end, this is the this is it, and then we we have to hype it up. And look and look, I look, I have in the past, I have in the present, and I probably will in the future as long as I have a microphone. Sometimes I can see something going. Oh man, this is serious. Oh man, this is it. This this is this is a bad thing. And then I, I and then and, and then you know nothing really happens of it. And then you kind of move on to the next big thing. And sometimes you never stop to go, well, wait a minute. I was saying that was the big thing. So I've been guilty of it. I'm not sitting here in judgment. I'm not sitting here condemning anyone. We all fall into this. So sometimes I don't really know how serious the state of the country is because I've only heard it 50,000 times. I don't ever know if if this is a serious thing because every time I hear that it's serious, we well, next thing you know, we're on the brink of World War 3. I heard that I think way back, I just take my own military career, my own military career, Desert Storm. Yeah. Oh, it's the, that's it. When we, in uh, then uh, uh, 9-11, it's, it's, we're, we're on the brink of World War III. I mean, I've heard it over and 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 I heard it my whole military career. It felt like every time something happened, this is it. I remember Desert Storm, Saddam Hussein, he's going to restore uh, the city of Babylon and this is going to bring us into the tribulation. I remember when Barack Obama was president, I heard that we were going to be rounded up and placed in FEMA camps and, and that we were all going to be micro I mean, I have heard these things so many, and, and, and what drives me crazy is the people who say them, they just move on to the next thing. They just keep moving on, moving on, moving. And and now look, when the world does it, I, I just don't get when Christians do it. So, so how bad is our situation? Now, so I want to just see if you've heard all of that. And now here is the real question. Let's, for argument's sake, let's, for the the purpose of this broadcast, all right? I'm gonna I'm gonna reach over here and pick up a pencil because. I have to have a pencil in my hand, all right? I have to have a pencil in my hand. I, I, when I don't have a pencil in my hand, I feel like something is wrong, okay? For argument's sake, let's say that all the people right now saying we're on the brink of, of you know, one world government, we're on the brink of, you know, government taking all the all the things, that this is the most important election, that the country is on the precipice, we're all about to slide into the abyss, it's the end. Let's say everyone is one thousand percent right now there you are wherever you are sitting in your living room bedroom driving in your car wherever you are i want you to think about what is the solution what is the solution If we put the Republicans in power, is that going to fix everything? If we put the Democrats in power, will that fix everything? What's the solution? Is it politics? Is it anarchy? Is it a new form of government? Do we destroy a representative republic and we, 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 we create, I don't know, some form of communism or socialism? No, People say, no, 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 we don't need communism or socialism. We need, you know, a representative republic or we need some form of true, pure democracy. or, or what, 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 do you, what do you think the solution is? Now, while everyone tries to figure out the solution... From a purely theological and biblical perspective, what should be the solution? Now, I have an article in front of me. It's on page 8 of the January 19th, 2024, Sword of the Lord Newspaper. I know whenever I get a new uh, issue of the Sword of the Lord newspaper, I know what some of you start thinking, oh man, there's going to be like 10 broadcasts from that one paper. Stop getting that thing. Okay, well, I'm sorry. If I get one, I'm going to read every single word of every single page, probably 15 times. Okay. It's, it's same true if I get a magazine or whatever the case may be. All right. But this one is called, Lord, have mercy. Lord have mercy. Now, when I turned to page eight of the January 19th, 2024 issue of the Sword of the Lord newspaper, and I saw Lord have mercy, I thought, oh, this is going to be about the the concept of God's mercy. It's going to be a theological look at God's mercy. And I'm like, okay, I, I want to see this. Then I read the first paragraph. And it starts off, guess what the first word is in this paragraph? Guess what the first word is? The first word isn't God. The first word isn't the church or you or me or us. The first word in this article about Lord have mercy is America. America. It's starting from a nationalistic perspective. Now let's see what they have to say. America needs to cry out for the mercy of God. America needs to cry out for the mercy of God. Now, I don't know how, um, Now, I know you can speak as a nation, but if the nation is going to cry out for God's mercy, that would entail, that would mean that the individuals within the country become convicted, see their sin, and cry out for God's mercy. So therefore, if you want to get America to cry out for God's mercy, then you must speak to the individuals within said country, then properly give them the gospel. They see the law of God. They see how they have broken that as an individual, and then they cry out for mercy for God. And then if you can get everyone in the nation to do that, then America will cry out to God. But you don't start with the country, you start with the individuals within the country, unless you're going to say America needs to cry out to God by some kind of, I don't know, do we make them do that? I don't know. Let's see what it has to say. America needs to cry out for the mercy of God. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, stated the condition of our country. Um, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Now, I, I need to stop right there, and immediately I get very frustrated because it's taking the reality of Jeremiah's day and trying to cor- make a correspondence and connect it to us. Jeremiah was speaking to Israel. Jeremiah was speaking to the the people at that time to 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 those who were going to go into Babylonian captivity to Judah to be specific, right? To the southern kingdom to be specific. If if I'm going to get, you know, we're going to get really specific with the text. So he's not talking to America. So Jeremiah, the weeping prophet stated the condition of our country. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. No, that is not has anything to do with us. The prophets could say things like that to Judah or to Israel because he made a covenant with them, a specific covenant with Israel, with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. They had a specific covenant. Now, you, I know we love to believe that God made some covenant with America. There's nothing in scripture about God making a covenant with the United States of America. There's nothing here. Stop conflating us with Israel. We're not Israel. We never have been, never will be, never could be. Now, you could say... That when I read the Old Testament and I see the condition of Israel or Judah, the Northern Kingdom or the Southern Kingdom, or I saw what divided the kingdom, that I see parallels to the condition here. But don't act like that anything related to Israel is directly related to us because we're not the same. That was God's chosen people. He made a covenant with that nation and we believe that he has not yet fulfilled all of those covenantal promises. Thus, those promises are not to the United States Of America. It goes on to say, it is time to face reality. Our nation demands strong, courageous spiritual leaders. Instead, we have little men riding horses that go nowhere. Paul Harvey wrote, When small men cast long shadows, the sun is about to set. The Greeks have an expression, the fish rots from the head down. We desperately need the type of leaders who, go- who governed America in its early days. Oh, we, we need leaders who govern America back in the early days. I wonder which early days those were. Which early days were those? When we, when we took, oh, we, we killed and took land from people and then gathered them up and placed them in reservations? Oh, I wonder—is it? Do we need the leaders who then I don't know owned human beings and sold them? Wait, do we need the leaders who, once those human beings were freed from slavery, we denied them basic civil rights? Oh, see, I'm not supposed to say that because, see, then I'm just a America-hating liberal. Or don't we? Isn't one of the key elements of Christianity? is to acknowledge our sin? Not only our my sin, but to acknowledge what sin is and what wrong is. King David stated a divine principle. He that ruleth over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. How did that work out for David? I don't know. He committed a lot of sins, didn't he? Now, we should. yeah. We, we, and, and what do you mean ruling in the fear of God? See, now, remember, when David is talking, he's speaking under a th- a, a, during a time where it's a theocracy, right? Or a divine monarchy, if you want to go there. You can't grab these verses that is speaking in a context of a specific governmental structure and then somehow say... This is what we need in America. So let's say in America, we have someone who's ruling in the fear of God. What do you think that should look like? Do you think that that means then they should take and try to impose Christianity upon the unregenerate? Are you wanting some kind of theocratic monarchy? Is that what you want? We don't live in that day and age. We don't have a monarchy, we don't have a theocracy. We don't do that. We don't have that. We have a country that allows for freedom of religion. We have a country that allows freedoms. We're not a country where someone imposes a religious ideology upon the culture. We don't do that. If you want the culture to cry out to God in mercy, it doesn't start with the king because we don't have a king. It doesn't start with the president, even if they think they are a king. It starts with the church evangelizing the people. The people are confronted with the law of God and then they cry out for mercy. Someone has quipped, and rightly so, the man in the moon has to hold his nose when passing over America. Our music reveals a, dec- a decadent, um, basically, country. George Willis described modern rock music as America's slide into the sewer. Oh, yeah, so, okay, so the issue is our music. That's our issue. That's our that's our issue, ladies and gentlemen. It's our music. So, do you want a king to ban that music? Well, uh, what? 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 I, I don't. I don't know. What, what? does the music have to do with that? You're 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 bothered about rock music? Is that is that really the issue? When is the church going to be more worried? about the church than the music of the world because i've spent a good portion of my christian life watching everyone scream about music and never bothered to consider what's happening inside the church i talk about it all the time look at how many children are sexually abused in the church every year look at all the things that happen in but no 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 The the, the moon has to hold its nose when it, or the man in the moon has to hold his nose when he passes over America because our music reveals how decadent we've become. The famous Billy Sunday would turn over in his grave if he were to witness our spiritual decline. He once thundered from the pulpit, the rivers of America will run blood Run with blood before we submit to them taking the Bible out of our schools, and what has happened in our day? Oh wait, no. So wait. So so what we should do is we got to get the Bible back into our. See this this I this stuff drives me crazy. See at first everything is like the end of the world is near, okay, and now Billy Sunday would be turning over his grave because the we should be a, the river should be running with blood before they take the so you're you're saying we should have fought. And died to keep the Bible in the public school? Well, that, that I, I do not understand this mentality. And this is so much the mentality of a good portion of Christianity. I, I, I don't understand it. So let's start with this again. We do not live under a theocratic system. We do not live under a divine monarchy. We do not live like that. We live in a country where people have freedom If you want to place the Bible in the public school and raising it to some level of significance and utilizing it, you have to be willing to do that with the Satanic Bible. I have one right here. I have one right here. By Anton LaVey, you have to be able to bring in the Quran. You have to be able to bring in the Book of Mormon. You have to be able to bring in uh, which Bible. If you want to have the Bible, do we go with the Jehovah's Witness translation? Oh, no, 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 no. You don't want that. Well, what about them? What about, wait, how about the Catholic Bible? Do we bring in the Apocrypha? Like, what do you, you, you know, you want a specific form of Christianity brought into the public school and then imposed upon people. And you want that to done by just... I don't know. Just get the right people elected and then force it upon people. That's not going to have anyone crying out for God's mercy. You can't impose religion upon people and it be anything other than simply religion, not faith, not salvation. So they go on to say, I'm going to repeat that phrase. Uh, The famous Billy Sunday would turn over in his grave if he were to witness our spiritual decline. He once thundered from the pulpit, the rivers of America will run with blood before we submit to taking the Bible out of the schools. And what has happened in our day? A nationally syndicated columnist has pointed out there can be no manger scene at City Hall, no prayer at public school uh, graduations, no posting of the Ten Commandments on a public school bulletin board, no prayers to open up the school day, not even a moment of silence uh, if the intent is to allow kids to pray. To be uh, consistent, we should stop minting and God we trust on our coins. We don't want God, we've given him the boot. And thus we are on a collision course with the sovereign of the universe. Hey, we are we are in a collision course with the sovereign of the universe because we can't post the 10 commandments in school. Wait, but we weren't on a sovereign, we weren't on a, a collision course with the sovereign of the universe when we did what we did to the Native American tribes? We weren't on a collision course with the sovereign of the universe when we did what we did with people who I don't know was brought here as slaves and sold as human beings as a piece of property, but we weren't on a collision course then. Oh, but now we're on a collision course because oh, we, we can't have all of these Christian things in the public school. Let me, let me, let me give you a, a hint. Come here. Let me, let me tell you a secret. Here's what we can do. The kids who go to the public school, hmm, this is a cool idea. Why don't we let them decide? Do they want the Bible? Do they want prayer? Because here's what I know. I attended a public school. I didn't need the school to give me a Bible because I got a Bible on my own. I didn't need the school to lead me in prayer, because I could pray whenever I wanted. I didn't need the school to post the Ten Commandments, because I could read the Ten Commandments whenever I wanted them. Oh, and why did I want to read my Bible? And why did I want to pray? And why did I want to read the Ten Commandments? Oh, because I became a Christian. So if you're so worried about the young people in the public school, are you telling me, You want to impose this upon them? Or do you want the opportunity to offer this to them? If you want to offer this to them, here's a novel idea. You could open your church before school. You could open up your church after school. You could send out flyers to every mailbox in the city. You could use TikTok. You could use Instagram. You could use threads. You could use X. You could use every social media platform saying, hey, all the young people in, let's say, Abilene, Texas, please stop by our church and you can pray before school. We will pray with you. We will give you a Bible. We'll teach you the 10 commandments. We'll teach you the historical catechisms. Oh, no, no, you want the school to do it. When Since when is it the school's job to do the church's job? Because the school is not the church. The school is a public school, not a private religious school. It is to serve kids who are Christian, non-Christian, Muslim, atheist, Satanist, whatever they want to be. They can be self-proclaimed vampires if they want to be. Why should they have to listen to your Christianity? They're in a public school. If you want to impose Christianity, then I don't know, impose it on yourself. Demonic forces seem to have taken control of our great nation. Okay, let's say demonic forces have taken control of our great nation. Whose fault would that be? Whose fault? The public school? Rock and roll. Please know nowhere here uh, have they even uh, looked to the church yet. What what has stopped your church from evangelizing? What has stopped your church from praying? Your church could be having a 24-hour prayer meeting Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You could have a schedule and you could get everyone in your church and say, hey, here's the hours you're gonna pray. And then the individuals show up at that hour to pray for an hour at the church. And then their shift is over in another. And you could be having 24-hour prayer meeting in your church. You, you, hey, churches! You could be doing twenty-four hour broadcasts. You could turn on a microphone and broadcast hour after hour after hour. You could preach. You could teach. You could read the Ten Commandments. You could just do Bible reading twenty-four seven. You, you, you could do anything. You could be broadcasting on YouTube. You could be doing. You could be broadcasting on TikTok. One, one TikTok after another after another. You could do one five-minute TikTok for every t- uh, one of the Ten Commandments. You could go through the Beatitudes. You could go through the entire Sermon on the Mount. You could do whatever you want. To. To do but you want the public school to do it for you. It's not their job. Let's continue. <sighs> Deep breath. AW Tozer penned Future Historian will record that we of the 20th century had the intelligence to create a great civilization, but not the moral wisdom to preserve it. Someone else wrote, to destroy a country, you must, must first cut its roots. America roots have in large, in large measure been severed. So our roots have been severed. What what roots are those? What roots have been severed? And who severed them? You do realize you're in a country where people have the freedom of religion. If people grow up and say, you know what? I want nothing to do with Christianity. I want nothing to do with the Judeo-Christian morality. I want nothing to do with your Ten Commandments. I want nothing to do with your God. I want nothing to do with your Bible. They're free to do so. Unless you think you can grab them in a sense by the collar and say, you're going to be a Christian and you will do what we say. that would not even be salvation. It says a nation that doesn't fear God doesn't have a chance. They quote Romans 3.18. They quote Romans 3.18. Romans 3.18 says, there is no fear of God before their eyes. How is someone gonna have the fear of God? How are you going to give them the fear of God? Tell me, how are, you going to, how are you going to give the nation the fear of God? Are you going to do it with threatening, with laws, passing bills? Or, you know, you know how you would give them the fear of God? They would have to be saved. Then, then, then. I, I, I don't understand this. The deadliest of sins is the consciousness of no sin. How can we be so blind? Now, the we, is that the country or is that the church? While the ship of state is sinking, we are as busy as beavers arranging the chairs on deck. The ecclesiastical leaders of our day warn against being negative and with a syrup-like demeanor insist that everything is wonderful and there is and there is no, and uh, oh, hang on, I'm going, let me read that again. With the ship of state is sinking, while the ship of state is sinking, we are as busy as beavers arranging the chairs on deck. The ecclesiastical leaders of our day warn against being negative and with a syrup-like demeanor insist that everything is wonderful. This is no time for nativity or neutrality. No nation can, ru- can ruin us unless we ruin ourselves. We have, traveled f- uh, we have traveled far down the precarious road. Responsibility involves accountability. We will be remembered as a nation that sold its soul for wine, women, and song. N- nothing to do with the church. It's the country. The country is bad. The country is bad. The country is bad. The country is bad. And what's the solution that's been provided so far? I guess get rid of rock and roll and I guess enforce Christianity on the public school system. And then we'll fix it. That is the most ludicrous. This is, compl- you know what, at this point, you know what this tells me? Just shut down the church. Shut, shut them all down. Just shut them all down. Because the church doesn't want to be the church. You want everyone else to do your job. Here we go. We're, we're, we're approaching the, the last two paragraphs here. All right, here we go. We're going to come to the... Let's see what conclusion we're going to get here. No man loves his alarm clock, but the alarm clock is ringing in our nation. This could be our final hour. Remember how I started this? I've heard that a million times. This is it. It's over. Ladies and gentlemen, this could be our final hour. What should we do? And almost always it leads to, I don't know, voting, politics, forcing Christianity upon people in the public school system, boycott, banning, I don't know, silencing. I, it's. It almost never comes into, we should look to ourselves. Look, I don't know about you. I have enough trouble trying to live out my Christian life. I don't have time to be yelling and screaming at the unregenerate about that they need to live like Christians when I'm having a hard enough trouble living as a Christian. Our survival depends on whether or not we wake up in time. Abraham Lincoln challenged a divided country with these historic words of hope, that the nation, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom and the government of the people, by the people and for the people shall not perish from the earth. Okay, So the solution is a president saying that? Like, is that the solution? And then here we go. Here's the last paragraph. History is largely a spiritual story. The great historian, Will Durant, Durant, Will Durant, I think is the right way to say that, concluded, the greatest question of our time is not communism versus individualism, not Europe versus America, not even the East versus the West. It is whether men can live without God. Then they, this is the last sentence. This is a day when men This is a day when men is judging and God is silent. But our God shall come and shall not keep silence. Psalm chapter 50, verse 3. That is the end of the article. Lord, have mercy. And, oh, wait, let me see if I can tell you who that's written by. It's from the Sword of the Lord newspaper. That is written by... Austin L. Sorensen, S O R E N S O N. Now, the, the article provides nothing other than the, the nation needs to cry out for mercy. Okay. And then and, and really, rock and roll is the problem, and the public school is the problem, I guess. I, I, I don't know how, I don't even know the logical, progr- I don't even know what the logical progression of thought is there. Now, on one hand, my understanding of biblical eschatology, and I know this doesn't correspond or doesn't agree with a lot of people, but I think most Christians tend to go with this form of eschatology. Things are going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and not going to get better. And our job and in- quote unquote, trying to fight things getting worse is not the public school. It's not getting rid of rock and roll. It's not yelling and screaming in the face of the world. It is love our enemy, love our neighbor, and share the gospel with them. Yes, exposing them to the law of God so that they see their sin. And then when they're crushed by the law, offering them the beautiful, sweet comfort of the gospel. And then as they believe, then they are to be baptized that's brought into the church. And then they are commanded to obey. They're not commanded to obey until they believe and are baptized. You don't get, we want the obedience to come before the salvation. In fact, I don't even think we care about salvation anymore. We just want the world to look like a Christian, sound like a Christian, act like a Christian. We want the public school to be, I don't know what we want it to be. We want Target to sell only the things that we think Target should sell. We want Netflix to only show the movies that we think that they should show. We only want the radio to play the music. Well, who, okay. We only want, Streaming services to to stream the music that we like. And it's like we we just have this like really weird idea now. Look, I am more and more confused by the church every single day. On the Christian Post right now, they have an article. Why it's posted on the Christian Post, I don't know. I have no idea. But they posted an article about Tucker Carlson. You know, the guy who got fired from Fox News, partially because of all the lies that he was selling, because Fox News got, you know, sued for a billion dollars and they had to pay 750, what, seven, 754 million dollars because of the garbage and lies that they put forth about the election being stolen. And they never brought forth the evidence to prove otherwise. And they paid all of that money out and, and Tucker Carlson was fired. Well, you know, he's off running doing his own thing. He's now, quote unquote, independent. And he just did a big interview with Putin from Russia, Vladimir Putin. And you're like, wait, what is going on? What? Why is this happening? Why? And so he's doing, he's doing an interview with him. In fact, I'm going to pull it up here. I'm not going to read the whole article. I just want to make sure I've got everything right here. Yeah, Vladimir Putin, uh, five highlights from Tucker Carlson's interview with Vladimir Putin. Now, why is that on the Christian Post? Why? 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 Tucker Carlson's no longer on a major network. He's off doing his own thing on X. And now he's got his own little like streaming platform thing that you can sign up for. Like he's, 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 I think in some ways, I I think he's kind of been less and less, he's less relevant than he was. He doesn't have the audience that he did. And so, but the Christian post is going to put that. Why? Because many Christians, many Christians and many conservatives are on the side of Vladimir Putin and his invasion into Ukraine. And I am baffled by that. I am, I am so confused by that. Like I, I I I don't get it in any way, shape or form. Like there was a time it was like Vladimir Putin and the rise of Russia and oh no, they're bad and they're evil and there's going to be nuclear war and oh, and, and now it's like Vladimir Putin is a Christian and he's a, he's a defender of Christianity and we need to support his invasion into Ukraine. And I'm like, what has happened? I don't know what I've woken up and I don't know where I am anymore. I don't get, I don't get the world. I don't I, forget the world. I've never understood the world. I don't get Christianity anymore. Now, this the article here is this the old fashioned wackiness of Christianity, right? Where we want to impose Christianity upon the world. We want the Christians, we want the Christianity in the public school. We want to make sure the right music is played. We get to determine the right music. We get to determine the books you get to read. We to determine get we should be the ones determining the movies you should watch. We should be the one and I'm so tired of that. Like that's, that's old Christianity. I, I've, I've been fighting against that my whole Christian life. That's not the biblical model. You said, well, the old Testament, the old Testament, when we go back to a, you want to either, you want to try to impose a theocratic monarchy now? Is that what you want? Well, maybe you should move to another country because I don't want America to ever go to that. And if you look at church history, whenever we try to impose some kind of merging of church and state, people just start dying because who gets to be in charge? Is it the Jehovah's Witnesses? Is it the Mormons? Is it Christian Science? Is it Pentecostals? Is it the Assembly of God? Is it is it, I don't know, Bethel Church in Redding, California? Is it Catholics? Is it is it Greek Orthodox? Who gets to be in charge? Well, everyone else is going to die. We want a separation of church and state. What we want is the church to be the church and not try to do. We don't want the state doing the church's job. And we don't want the church in the state. What we want the state is leave the church alone. And guess what? The state does what the state does. And then we, we do is we do what we're supposed to be called to do. We proclaim the word of God and we teach and we evangelize and we repent and we struggle and we, we try to live out our Christian life. And then as people are evangelized, they're baptized and then they're discipled. Now, for some weird reason, my view is seen as controversial. My view is seen as somewhat radical. My view, is, seems it seems now my view is considered insane. And I don't know what's happened. But there we have it. The article began with these words. America needs to cry out for the mercy of God. I'm going to end with these words. The church needs to cry out for the mercy of God. The church needs to confess that we have abandoned a biblical perspective and we have been hijacked with a political ideology at the expense Of the gospel and theology. What we need to do is that individual Christians need to cry out for mercy because we need to acknowledge how sinful we are and that every day we're in need of God's mercy. You can email me newsif at yahoo.com. That's the newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. Everyone have a great Saturday evening. God bless.